hi. Uh, welcome back. Happy Halloween. This is uh, Pastor Scott again, and I'm not going to – I think I'll give you a treat today because we're going to be talking about living to make Jesus famous. I remember where I was when that phrase really kind of hit me, and I'm sure it's not original with me, but I was speaking at a church in Corpus Christi, Texas. The pastor had asked me to come down and be a guest speaker. He didn't tell me I was going to preach five times that weekend, but anyway, I did, and I what a marathon. But I remember I preached on making Jesus famous, and I didn't use this talk per se, because I've rewritten it. I was talking about, uh, I think, Nehemiah. But just that whole kind of process of being so overwhelmed and consumed with Jesus that I'm going to live all for him and to make him famous. So I want to challenge you. Uh, I just want to challenge you. Your time passes quickly. Uh, as I get older, and I am getting older, I can't believe how fast time goes and how once we're once little children are now big children how once we're young adults are now older adults, how that um, Tara and I have been married for 40 years. This is crazy. And I'm feeling this sense of urgency probably like never before. I've always been driven, and that's kind of good or bad. But here, this kind of this, I feel like I'm rounding the corner or the bell lap. The bell lap is, the bell's been rung. And I need to live with more intentionality and more intensity as sometimes my uh, my get up and go has got up and went. But how can I live all for Jesus? How can I live in such a way, passionate way, that Jesus is is finished? I had a, a guy tell me, he said, man, when I go out, I want to go out, rounded third, headed for home, with a beer in my hand, a candy bar in the other hand, and a slice of pie in my pocket, and slide into heaven. Like, okay, that's a little outrageous, but... That's the kind of urgency. Can I live in such a way that the goal of life is not to retire and live in a playing community in Florida where I play pickleball, but to live to make Jesus famous, to live all my life with that intensity, whether you're an old guy or a young guy, an old woman or a young woman, a mom with kids or her dad with uh, aspirations of your child playing sports somewhere in college, what's going on? How can you shift your focus to live all for Jesus? So this is what's driving me, this statement. What starts here changes eternity. And I thought about that for this church and the Big C Church. What we do changes eternity. This is the most important dynamic thing a person can do. I have a friend of mine who's a surgeon. And he said, Scott, I live under so much pressure. I said, really? What kind of pressure? He said, well, if I mess up, people die. And I said, really? I live under so much pressure. He goes, what kind of pressure do you have? You're a pastor. I said, if I mess up, people go to hell. He went, oh, kind of bigger pressure. And it's that urgency to live in such a way that, um, that matters. Now, here's some truth. When I die, nobody's going to remember. Nobody. Some do. It'll be a few. And they won't remember long. And I probably won't. My memory won't extend beyond a lifetime, maybe my grandchildren. That's it. But will, but will people know Jesus because I lived? Will live, I live in such a way that leaves a legacy for Christ and not for me? No one will know me, but will they know Jesus because of me? When I realize my life goal is to live for God's glory, then everything changes. I know that I was made for this, and so are you, to live all for Jesus. Today we're going to be talking about 
talking about what it means to do that. To live in such a way where you share the love of Jesus, you're making him famous, you're living out the love of Jesus that changes everything. And I want to challenge you for what, this, what these scriptures mean. We talked about in the beginning a great commitment to the great commandment, the great commission will, will launch a great cause, and that's the church. But I really want to dive into this and our four life commitments, connect, grow, serve, and share. And, of course, then that all is honoring God. It's tied up in these passages, the great commandment, the great commission. So I want to pull apart these things and talk to you about them so that maybe you can make a decision to live with an urgency as well. So here we go. We believe that this commitment to the great commandment, the great commission, will grow a great church. What, well, what is the commitment? Look at these two. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equal important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, this commandment is also found in the book of Luke. And in the Luke, a religious leader responds to Jesus, and he says, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Huh, which one's right? They both are. It comes, it comes out of Levitical law. This is how we're supposed to live to love God with everything we are, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So the Jesus did this. this that is the, the great commandment. Jesus came, he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's with us always, even to the end of the age. Now, I look at this great commandment and this great commission, and I realize that the great commandment is fulfilled by the great commission. That these are two, not two separate things siloed in theology, but they're combined in a beautiful synergy of living all for Jesus, living to make him famous. So how does this fulfill? Now, often I stop and I pray and ask God to, to speak to us. I'm not going to do that today because I want to go right into this. What does it mean to live in such a way that the great commandment, of commit, the commandment to the commitment, commitment to the commandment, drives this commitment to the commission? How does this work? So here's the first thought. I live to love God. I live to love God. God created me to have a love relationship with him and him to love me. And I live in, and love is a decision based on commitment. There could be no higher level of commitment than what Christ has committed to me. And I want to commit to him. Jesus loved me, first drew himself, drew me to himself. He won't let me go. It's based, this decision to love me is based on his commitment to me. So therefore, I live to love him and I'm committed to him no matter what. And Jesus' love is on display he sees that. Christ is for me. He's not against me. Christ loves me. He empowers me. He saves me. He secures me. He holds me. So I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live to love God. Love God. Now, how am I going to love him? I'm going to love him with my heart. I'm going to love him with my heart. That's the center of my emotions. That I'm not just going to love him intellectually with my mind. I'm going to love him with my mind, too, because it says heart, soul, mind. But I'm going to love you with my heart. I'm going to give a passionate love to him. But I'm also loving with my soul. That's the center of my eternality. You know, my soul is forever. 
And my soul comes from that soul sharing that I'm going to share the love of God because I love Jesus with my soul. But I'm going to love him with my mind intellectually. Then I'm going to love him with all of my life, with all of my strength by serving him. So with the heart and the soul, the mind and the strength, all my devotion, keeping his commandment to live like Jesus. So why do I love him? Well, because he first loved me. He saved me. He gave himself for me. This is real love, 1 John says. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to sacrifice to take away our sins. That he first loved me. He initiated that love. I'll tell you something. I loved Tara before she loved me. I'd ask her, said, baby, do you love me yet? She goes, no, not yet. But what I want to say is I love you and I can't live without you. I wore her down eventually. But the truth is God made the first move in demonstrating his love for me while I was a sinner, Christ died. So I love him. And I love him because he first loved me. So I love him with my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. Because he first loved me. Then, then I love my neighbor. Why? Why the heck do I love my neighbor? Because God loves him too. That's why. Because I've been greatly loved. I can, I can love greatly. The most loving thing I could do is to introduce my neighbors, my friends, to Jesus. It's the most loving thing I can do. I can give them some money. That would help them temporarily. I can encourage them, give them advice. That might help them. It's situational. But when I give them Jesus, I love them forever. I love them forever. Y'all, over the years I've been a pastor, I've seen many people pray and receive Jesus. And I'll say to them, you know it's good news and bad news? They go, what? I say, good news, you get to live forever with Jesus. The bad news is I'm going to be there with you. Of course, that always brings a chuckle. But that's the truth. I love my neighbor, because I've been greatly loved. It's been demonstrated for me, and I can now do it in return. You see, we all have an oikos. Now, what? That's a yogurt, isn't it? Yeah, it is a yogurt. It's the name of yogurt. It's a Greek word for a circle of influence. And it starts with your family, then it goes out to your friends and your coworkers. And and then throughout Scripture, you're loving your neighbor started with your oikos, your family, your friends, your neighborhood. A lot of times church people say, well, you got to love those people far away. Well, yeah, we love them far away, but we've got to love those people close too. Sometimes the people closest to us are the hardest to love. Just say it. You know, the only two entities in the world remind you of your past, Satan and your extended family. Remember that? But God says to love people, and so we love them close in our oikos. So how do I do this? Well, let me give you some tips. Be available for people. Be accessible and be available. Which, you know what that means? Quit being self-centered. Quit focusing on yourself. Huh. Be intentional. Build relationships with people. Invite them in. Go where they are. Be available. Be intentional. Be ready. Be ready to share your story. Be ready to share your hope. Be ready to talk about Jesus. When the opportunity avails itself, step through it. Be inclusive. Welcome people in. Man, we could be so judgmental. 
we can look at people like I just get my hair cut the other day. I know I look so good. And um, this girl cut my hair. She had tattoos. And, uh, I, you know, whatever. It doesn't – it was whatever. It doesn't bother me. It shouldn't bother me. It's just tattoos. And I and she had a cellophane wrapped around her arm. I said, so did you get a new tattoo? And she said, yeah, I got a new tattoo. I said, okay, what's that of? Because it looked like a football helmet to me. And she said, uh, she said oh, it's a girl smoking a, a joint. I went, oh, that's interesting. I said, it looks like a football helmet. She laughed. And she said, no, look at it this way. And she showed it to me, looked at it this way. And then you know what she started doing? Talking about Jesus. She knew I was a pastor. I didn't condemn her. I thought, wow. Being inclusive. And then meeting needs. Meeting needs opens up more doors than you could ever imagine. My father-in-law, Jim Ivey, was a warden prison prison warden he said it's hard for a person to hear christ with their stomach growling it's true meeting needs jim was incredible Uh, he worked with preschoolers at his church because he wanted to stop on the front end what happened on the back end with incarceration but he would love his prisoners and meet their needs and share the gospel incredible so if i'm going to live to make jesus famous then this is what i want to do I'm going to do the good that needs doing, and I'm going to love the ones that need loving, and I'm going to love that and meet needs by sharing the love of God. Well, what does that have to do with the gospel? Everything is making Jesus famous. Hmm. Making Jesus famous. Paul said this to the church in Rome, For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first, and also the Gentile. If I love God, then I love people. I have to love what God loves. God loves people. And what does God want to do? Bring people to himself. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I have a personal responsibility to share the love of God, and to live and make Jesus famous, and we have a corporate responsibility as a church to do the same thing. So we build a strategy around it, and part of this online is a strategy for you to love God and love people. That's why we invest in it. That's why we do it. That's why we film and do these things and give you all these resources to help you do what God wants you to be. This strategy of building relationships and reaching people and rescuing folks and resourcing needs and revitalizing cultures, bringing God's peace to the world. This is all the power of God on display. You see, the Great Commission is a fulfillment of the Great Commandment. When I love God and I love people, then I share the gospel. That's how it works. And that's how we make Jesus famous. That's how we make Jesus famous. Well, how is it practical? What does it mean practical? Well, let's talk about that in a second. Allow God to put me in a place relationally with people. That may mean I need to get outside my Christian bubble. That may mean in a group life, I need to think about my neighbors who don't know Jesus to invite them into my home and to be a part of my group. Maybe I need to stop going to the Christian stuff and start going to some of the non-Christian stuff to be engaged because people come to Jesus best with the arm of a trusted friend. To fund the mission, 
to jump in generosity and giving, by going and giving, by being a part of the mission of God, by being a part of this church, by joining, by being a member, by being in a ministry, by engaging beyond my comfort, globally, locally, beyond my comfort. God has not called you to be comfortable. He's called you to live exponentially for his glory. God will not use you in your comfort zone, but he will comfort you when you choose to live in his zone. Share your story. It's so powerful. Nobody can argue with your story. And share it. You see, this is what I've come down to. One day, I'm going to die. I am. 100 years from now, nobody's going to remember who I am. That's all right. But will they remember Jesus because of what I chose to do? To live, to make him famous. Over the last eight weeks... We've talked about how Jesus loves me, how we need to be a part of the family, connected, how we need to grow, how we need to serve, how we need to share, how we honor God with our lives, how we live generously. Now it's time to say, okay, Jesus, let's go. I'm yours, all for you, make you famous. Let's go. What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to live all for Jesus. I want to make you an offer. You see, you notice in the, all these videos, I wear a yellow band, wristband. It says all for Jesus on it. If you want one of these bands, I want you to send me an email, pastorscott at fbcwimberly.com, and I will send you a wristband. Now, it's not one I've worn, okay, because that's just gross. But I'll send you a wristband to help you remind you that I am in it with you and we're in it all for Jesus. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for what you said to us in your word this morning. And I pray that we won't be just hearers, but we'll doers and we'll apply, we'll make commitments to live out the great commandment and fulfill the great commission. I pray that you'll move in our lives in an exponential way. But God, I pray for those individually who need to trust you as Lord and Savior, that they will give their life to you by whispering, Jesus, I'm yours. Father, for others who make a commitment to say, okay, I'm going to live all for Jesus, maybe even just a silly gesture by getting a yellow wristband. But whatever it means, Father, I pray that we will make decisions today because what starts here changes eternity. And we thank you. We pray this all in your son's strong name. Amen.